you scared? He's here. Hello and welcome back to PWP. We're back after a two week long absence and we have a lot to get through. Uh, we've seen eight title changes, some amazing matches, especially at TakeOver, an RH invasion and a glorious addition to SmackDown Live, all since WWE rolled into Brooklyn for a four day extravaganza at the Barclays Center. So first with the news of injuries galore and more of the big news stories in the world of wrestling, it's Aiden Bunker. Aiden, how are you? I'm alright, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. We haven't seen each other for a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. You enjoyed the last couple of weeks of action? There's been a lot of action. There's been a lot of action. <laughs> but it's been mostly good. Mostly. mostly. Take the good with the bad. Um, yeah, we, as you say, we've got a lot to get through, a lot to discuss. So how about we start with uh, news of a potentially serious injury to someone WWE would have liked to have started to push right about now. It's Big Cass. Yes, Big Cass, as we all know, suffered a knee injury last week on Raw during his Brooklyn street fight with Enzo Amore. Um, it looked pretty vicious. It did. Um, at first I thought it was just a work. I didn't think it was genuine. Um, but obviously it's since come out that it... It was a real one. He's been sidelined for up to nine months by the looks of things, and he's had his surgery uh, the day before yesterday, I believe, as we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, so a massive, massive bummer for for Big Cass, who you must have thought would have been in line for some sort of push after his feud with en- Enzo was, you know, coming to its natural conclusion. Um, you know we were discussing just off air how we think maybe this could be a good thing uh, for him obviously um, terrible situation but perhaps he can make the most of it yeah I wasn't sure where he was going to go after this so it could be a good hit of the reset button for him yeah maybe absence makes that makes the heart grow fonder or uh, gets more heat in WWE terms for a heel um, more on the injury front then uh, and some more bad news and also a vacated title down in NXT as a, a record-breaking title reign comes to a really abrupt end. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame this one. Uh, Asuka has had to give up her NXT Women's Championship, uh, hold the title for over 500 days, um, with a broken collarbone that she suffered apparently during her match of Ember Moon at NXT TakeOver. Yeah, when I heard the news of this I thought, that's a bit strange, I didn't... I didn't see anything that um, that maybe could have caused that, but watching the match back, there was a I think it was a clothesline or a drop kick from Ember, Ember Moon whilst whilst Asuka was sat, which you could see collided well, nowhere near her head or face or chest. It was smack bang on her collarbone, so you can understand why why maybe that that injury was suffered. Um, I think I read somewhere that she's the the longest reigning champion. Um, in the modern era of uh, for WWE or something like that on any on any show, which is an amazing record for her and such a shame to see it come uh, come to an end in a way that yeah it, and that she's been on NXT for just over two years now and hasn't lost a single match in the entire time I think it was about 180 and something to to none yeah so she's even they even made a point of her beating Goldberg's streak which was massively inflated but yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive nonetheless yeah and um wwe put out some some uh, new story to say that asuka had, had vacated the title and had sort of, sort of set her sights on other areas of wwe which we can only assume means she'll be moving up to the main roster when she returns from her injury so it's exciting to, to hear and to see what what happens with that 
Um, some less serious injury news then, um, but still still a notable absentee from, from Raw this week, uh, Samoa Joe. Yeah, so they were originally advertising Samoa Joe versus John Cena this week on Raw, um, but Samoa Joe had suffered a knee injury on her house show over the weekend, um, which is um, apparently set to keep him out for about four weeks, so nothing too major, but just uh, it's a, bit, a bit annoying as Samoa Joe's pretty hot right now. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he was going to go after this. And four weeks as well would probably take take him up to no mercy anyway. Um, so it remains to be seen whether he'll take part in that, or maybe even return at the pay per view. You never know. He could play some part in one of the the bigger matches that we have uh, on the card. Um, finally, onto some maybe some good news then, uh, at least better news with regards to Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, yeah, he um, word is coming out of the Ric Flair camp that he's doing a lot better. He's a lot more stable, um, and a tweet has been put out into Ric Flair's account today. Obviously not by Rick himself, but basically just saying that um, the worst is over and he's um, the Nature Boy will be back soon, which is good to hear. Yeah, really good to hear. Obviously, last the last news report we'd done. Uh, Rick Flair had just been um, admitted into hospital and just had surgery, so obviously uh, things have, have picked up considerably for him uh, in the last couple of weeks, which is really great to hear for all the fame. Such such a, a big part of wrestling history. Uh, if you listened to our last episode, I'm not the biggest fan of his <laughs> of his in ring legacy or anything, but you know, really really good to hear that he's uh, on the mend. Obviously not out of the woods yet, so we really uh, wish the best for him. Um, but hopefully he'll he'll pull through, pull through just fine, and we'll start to see Charlotte on TV again because that's she's been a, an absentee from from SmackDown for the last few weeks, understandably. Yes. Um, so thank you, Aiden, for the news. Um, before we get into Raw and SmackDown Live this week, then it would be remiss of us not to discuss SummerSlam, uh, the biggest party of the summer, and uh, to help Aiden and I with that. He's not finished with you yet. It's Matt Bumby. <laughs> How we doing? Not too bad, Matt. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to see you. Uh, it's fair to say that we've got a hell of a lot to get through. Uh, a bumper couple of weeks in WWE. And it all started at the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn with NXT TakeOver first and then SummerSlam. Uh, how did you find both events? Some great matches at TakeOver especially, I thought. I thought TakeOver was really good. Um... Some people say it's the best TakeOver ever. I wouldn't say. Oh, I don't know. That's a, it's a difficult one because you can say that the last few takeovers has been decent matches, and then in this one, I think they were all really good matches, and then then takeover was good. I felt SummerSlam let it down. Yeah, a lot. Of, I've sort of heard and, and read a lot about how you know the comparisons between takeover and SummerSlam and how. If you compare the in-ring action on SummerSlam to TakeOver, there is really no comparison. XT is, is streaks ahead. Um, I do think you have to kind of take that comparison uh, a little bit easy, really. I think it's very difficult to compare the two light for light when you've got the you know the production value of WWE who have to cater for a certain crowd or a certain type of crowd and, and then all the other types of crowd as well. You're understandably going to maybe see a little bit of a drop-off, whereas NXT was straight... Uh, balls to the wall, just action from from the get go. The first match was incredible. Um, Gargano and uh, um, Andrade was it? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
and all throughout the night. I thought the main event for NXT was okay, probably the weakest match of the of the night. Um, notable though for um, Adam Cole's involvement, um, which we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. So nice to see that one come to fruition. Um, but yeah, as you say with SummerSlam, um, I sort of ended the pay-per-view with a little bit of disappointment. I thought it was good, but it wasn't great. I got to the main event and was like, this is really disappointing. And then the main event cheered me up. Yeah, we should say the main event was pretty awesome. That, yeah. I, said, I, I think I, I text these guys straight after just to say that was the most fun I've had watching WWE for a long, long time. It was just crazy the first 10 minutes of that match. It was weird, um, the rest of the pay-per-view outside of that match. Because although there was, I believe, five title changes and eight title matches... It just felt like not a lot happened, yeah. which is weird. If five title changes happen in one night, you would assume it's like, wow, big, huge news. But yeah, it just felt like nothing really of note happened. Yeah, it kind of felt like nothing. No, none of the storylines really progressed in that way. Obviously, we've seen what's happened with uh, with Braun and Brock after after SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, there was a lot of title changes, but at the same time, I don't feel like we've come out of SummerSlam much further along than we were when we went into it. I think maybe some titles have changed hands, but then, you know, the people who won those titles or lost them are still in those feuds. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't seem like much has, has progressed in any way. But it was okay. Like, it's, by all means, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. I just maybe expected a little bit more. Because there was such good build-up to it, and I was one of, it's one of the pay-per-views I've been looking, to, looking forward to most over the last few years. Um, it wasn't bad at all. It was it was decent, but it just yeah didn't quite live up to the hype. Just a note I had is, should NXT do their own pay per views and it not go the day before SummerSlam because it just let you get yourself built up for yep Takeover was really good. That means SummerSlam is going to be amazing, and it kind of let itself down. Yeah, I think um, it's probably a good point actually as as. If you want to try and avoid the comparison between TakeOver and, and any other WWE event, then maybe it's a good idea not to put them straight after each other. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Maybe I don't think that's something that WWE will will do. I guess there's a, a cost implication of having pay-per-views on at different in different places at different times. Um, I would imagine them, them doing NXT doing a pay-per-view or a TakeOver right before a pay-per-view is also the best exposure for NXT guys to to a uh, more of a mainstream audience yeah. you might they might channel in because or tune in because there is a there's a paper there's a pay-per-view tomorrow so let's watch the takeover today yes yeah, really good point um yeah, we'll see whether wwe make a change on that point but you're right it's good exposure for the nxt uh, guys and girls um, so with the biggest show of the summer or biggest party of the summer thoroughly in the rear view mirror uh, we're looking forward to no mercy and we took some big steps towards that this week on Raw. Um, so let's get into the action. So Raw is coming from Memphis, Tennessee this week. Uh, with an absent, C- an absent T from and a familiar face in the commentary booth with Jerry the King Lawler uh, deputising for Booker T this week. How did we feel about that? 
we've obviously not had great things to say about Booker T recently. Um, but Jerry King Lawler is probably a little bit past his prime. I think it was all right to see Lawler back. Um, it was good for the live crowd, I think. Yeah, but I mean, Memphis, it's been in Memphis. Is, <laughs> the is impact of commentary crowd. is limited on yeah. the live crowd. But Yeah, but, I, I liked having him there. It was It's always good for nostalgia. He always does a decent job. But yeah, his best days are definitely behind him. He so many like outdated references and he just seems a little bit out of touch um and like when you got guys like michael cole and Corey graves who are so kind of up to date and modern it he definitely gets shown up yeah i think yeah he's, he's his country style is is from a bygone era really is i really find it difficult to take him seriously as a as a good guy commentator if you if you will i think his best work was always when he was a heel uh, a hill commentator. Um, I guess there's not really a place for that when he's in and out of the product uh, as much as he is. Um, we should know that Booker T was back home in Houston after the, the floods uh, caused by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, is said to be sort of um, looking after his family there. So yeah, best wishes to to them. Um, but Raw itself started with the Miz and the Mistaraj and Maurice in the uh, in the ring. Waiting a really long time. <laughs> yeah, it felt like the commentators took their time. Yeah, standing for a really long time in the ring, waiting for the, the cameras to come cut back to them. Uh, and Miz waited all that time, and all he got to say was one word before he was interrupted by Kurt Angle. Um, so, <laughs> Matt, still not happy to see Kurt. Like I thought you might. No, have no, it's not, and it's not Kurt. It's just the crowd. Just give it a rest with the you suck chance. Like it's got old really quickly yeah. like the nostalgia thing was great at Hall of Fame he's come back now just stop singing it to him but <laughs> yeah. then he needs to stop going Way! I love that he goes thank you afterwards yeah. he's like yeah cheers guys <laughs> yeah it's not the uh, it's not the greatest of um, crowd interactions and we've seen maybe a fair few negative crowd interactions over the last couple of weeks um, which we'll, we'll probably come on to Things like beach balls getting in the way and beach balls. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's certainly it, the the use up chance are certainly getting on my nerves as well. I just I just wish that uh, that was that was done. Um, but uh, Miz ends up defining what respect is to Angle. He even quotes the dictionary. Not quite sure how accurate his description was. Uh, says that Angle doesn't show any for, any uh, respect for Miz or for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, so what Angle decides to do is announce a 15-man battle royal for the number one contendership uh, for next week on Raw. Um, let's run if we quickly run down who was in it. So we had Big Show, The Hardys, Gallows and Anderson, Finn Balor, Goldust, R-Truth, Kalisto, Apollo Crews, Kurt Hawkins, Jason Jordan, Elias Sampson, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. I think it was notable that only The Big Show, Finn, Hardys and JJ <laughs> got an entrance. Yeah, um, those were certainly uh, the sort of guys who you were expecting to be in the latter stages of this match as well. It was a, it was almost like a mini job about Royal that we have at WrestleMania, wasn't it? Um, with the addition of maybe some star power with, with Finn Balor and I guess Jason Jordan now. But, um, so Jeff Hardy ends up actually winning this match was which was a surprise my first notes are 
I feel really sorry for Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. my first note is what is the point? What's of the Kurt point Hawkins? of Kurt Hawkins? Yeah, so he was the, he was the first eliminated after what two seconds? Yeah, I I believe I remember seeing a couple months ago, and I assume it's still the case that he hasn't won a single match since his return last year. Yeah, he's, I, I, I can't. I think it was Finn Balor. Even on house shows, who tweeted it a uh, picture of Kurt Hawkins looking a bit despondent, saying he'd just broken a a hundred match streak <laughs> for losses, consecutive losses. But fair play to him. Have you seen the tweet he's put out? No. He's so he put out a tweet saying, um, "Thank you to all of the uh, locker room," and the way they picked him up was like the way they picked Bret Hart up when he won the title. <laughs> and it is a brilliant, brilliant tweet. We'll retweet it from um, the PWP Twitter page. <laughs> and um, you can all have a laugh. Yeah, so Jeff Hardy winning was a, was a bit of a surprise. Actually, when, when the Hardys were announced as... Well, when the Hardys were in the ring after their entrance, um, I thought to myself, I'd really quite like to see Jeff Hardy in a, with another singles run. Um, obviously, this is probably going to be a temporary thing. He'll probably not win the Intercontinental title next week against Miz, because um, I'm sure we're building to Miz versus Jason Jordan or something like that in the future. Um, but, you know, really interesting to see Jeff Hardy in this spot. Uh, especially when they're still, you know, going strong in the tag team division. Um, some highlights from this match: mm, almost a Bullet Club reunion, a mini Bullet Club reunion. It if was you will. Such, such a tease. Such a tease. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting. Uh, Finn Balor uh, and uh, Gallows and Anderson are teaming up to eliminate the Big Show. Sorry, Matt's just showing us the uh, the Kurt Hawkins <laughs> tweet there. Um, yeah, a little bit of a reunion, but that that didn't last very long. Um, other, other highlights, Bray Wyatt, who we haven't, we haven't seen since SummerSlam, I don't think. Um, with his creepy little noise thing, lights go off, eliminates Finn, disappears again. It was really well executed. It was I very know. quickly done. Very, very quickly done. I don't know how this works. I've never actually been there for a, anything like this. It's and, an uh, under the ring. I think it's an under the ring. I've, I've seen Whether one... the lights go off for longer at Light and Alive than they do on the TV, I'm not sure, but... For them to him to get up under the ring, in the ring, and behind Finn at that speed, and then back under the ring at that. I've speed. seen when they did. I can't remember when it was, but Braun Strowman, um, Bray Wyatt, and oh, who was the other one? Eric Rowan, I think. Um, they come from under the ring. You could just see them coming up. Yeah. But obviously, when you're there, it's a bit different to. Watching on TV. That was a Leo. It was done with quite quite a good uh, amount of speed. Now Bray disappears, so Finn Finn's eliminated, and I think from then on, it was a case of well, this is going to be Jason Jordan pretty much to win or Jeff Hardy, uh, and Jeff Hardy it was, eliminating Jason Jordan at the end. So are we excited to see Jeff Hardy versus The Miz. I think it'd be a good match. Yeah, I would imagine there's going to be some kind of. Heel shenanigans. Um, there won't be a clean win for Miz. I no. can't see Jeff winning it. I was thinking it. You know, it's probably going to be a, a case of maybe the Miz Taraj costing the heart or Jeff Hardy the match. Then they can just go on to a rivalry with the Hardys and they're in a tag team. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this battle royal. I thought it was nicely done, especially the last minute or so. Yeah, the end. From, the end from of Bray Wyatt's actually, involvement onwards. Yeah, it was actually really good. There, there was a nice part also where Balor was cleaning the house. Uh, and then Hardy stands up and they face off and have a bit of an interaction. The crowd seemed quite into that. Yeah, that the crowd seemed into that. Something. Did anyone else see the the drop kick, which looked 
Yeah, well, ridiculously painful. Yeah. yeah, Jeff knows how to sell, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he knows how to sell, or is he just takes things really badly. <laughs> yeah. But everything just seems to hurt a lot with Jeff Hardy. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens um, with with that match for the IC title next week. Um, Fun little um, stat on the Miz. Go for it. He's now become the fifth longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time with all of his combined reigns. Um, currently at 439 days, um, which is only four days short of Tito Santana at number four. So by the time the next Raw rolls around, he'll be fourth on the list of uh, longest reigning Intercontinental Champions ever. And then he's only 10 or 11 days short of Honky Tonk Man um, in third. So if he holds it for another two weeks, he goes to third in the all-time list behind Don Morocco and Pedro Morales. Wow, okay. So... Um... Yeah, well done, Miz. I mean, it's notable that if you combine all of Miz's IC title reigns, he's still got less uh, days as a champion than Asuka. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty crazy. <laughs> From looking at this list, you've got um, he has held it a lot more than everyone else. You've got Pedro Morales with two, Don Morocco with two, Honky Tonk Man with one, Tito Santana with one, and then the Miz with seven. So <laughs> it's crazy to think that as long. the Honky Tonk Man had that title for what 454 days, days with one reign. That's just won't see that. Oh. I mean, obviously we have seen it just now with Asuka, but on the main roster, I don't think you're going to see that again. And the last big one was CM Punk, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's about four hundred and thirty-four so. or something like that. So it's pretty close, yeah. Ooh. Oh, we've had the new day. And we opened up a can of worms. CM Punk <laughs> on the podcast. Um, He's not coming back. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody has come back. Nice. Uh, no, I'm Dar. Was in action. Nice yourself. <laughs> I can. I can. Segway. No, I'm Dar. Back against Enzo. This was a nothing match, really. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I mean, like that Enzo introduced no, uh, Dar. No, it was a bit. Everything was a bit weird, a bit off with this Enzo introducing his own opponent. Um, I just think it's quite clear that Enzo's going to face Neville for the title. Yeah. And I actually think he's going to beat him. Well. I mean, if that's the case, then we should probably just jack it in all now. I mean, <laughs> Enzo doesn't deserve to be cruiserweight champion. I Neville, think he will Neville be. certainly does. Cruiserweight. Um, so yeah, a short match with this. Enzo wins clean, even though he took a beating for Which the was, first two minutes. <laughs> it was odd to see Enzo winning a match yeah, like, on, his own, on his own, no help, no screw finish. It was a botched finish, though. I don't think he hit the finish very well, did he? <laughs> um, kind of missed the thing. But he... Um, but, you know, this whole cruise, uh, 205 Live move for Enzo is it's a chance for him to show what he can do on his own, I guess. My concern is maybe what he could do on his own isn't as good as what he could do with someone else backing him up. But we'll see. The WWE's as much as we've heard about the heat on Enzo backstage, um, WWE are keen to promote him on 205 Live, I think, to, to keep the ratings up. Yeah. Even as him, he's in a six-match, or he was in a six-man six match last night. And WWE were running with that as their promo for 205 Live. I've never seen a six-man tag team match advertised in the way that they've done that. Yeah, I was listening to um, something that Mike Johnson from the PW Insider was saying. Uh, he was you saying, mean you listen to other podcasts? Oh, my God. No, I was actually reading the website. Okay. Um, That's all right, then. Don't, don't be listening <laughs> to anyone else. And he was saying that um, the heat that Enzo has isn't... It's not from the office or anything. It's not from the higher-ups. It's just from... He seems to just rub guys the wrong way. 
probably um, so from the any other, the other guys other wrestlers the other um, just backstage crew well we reportedly had the Roman Reigns chucked him off the tour bus yeah he's been chucked off the tour bus he's apparently not allowed to um, get changed in the raw locker room and the rest of the guys that'd be um, funny if Roman Reigns asked me to get off a bus I'd be like screw you mate <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Vince. You are considerably larger than Enzo, to be fair. <laughs> um, I'm not taking any shit from Roman Reigns, let's be honest. Neither is John Cena. We'll no, no. <laughs> yeah, more on that one later. Um, Stay tuned. So, yeah, Enzo, we'll see what he can do, but I no, don't have high hopes for his move to Kutufi. I don't know how long it will last. No. Um, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman then, uh, a promo. Nothing really of note. The only thing I did note down actually was that Brock actually said something, <laughs> albeit yes. brief, but in, you know, Suplex City bitch. I think. No, I think the way it was was Suplex City bitch. Yeah, which you know, it's all you really need to hear from Brock. He doesn't have the most menacing of voices, so that I think. Man, a few words. It's good that he's a man of few words. I think um, you want to keep him <laughs> sounding strong by not having him talk, I think, is the, the route they've gone down. The best way to have him sounding strong is for Heyman just to constantly tell you how good he is. Yeah, and God knows he's been doing that for a long time. It can get a bit repetitive, but there's no denying the fact that he constantly gets over how good his client is. Yeah. Any idea what Brock, whether Brock Lesnar is a, a face or a heel at the moment? He's a Brock Lesnar. Well, it really? Kind of obvious, He's just an attraction. Yeah, I, I mean, listening to Paul Heyman's promos, it, some of them are cut heelishly, some of them are cut like a face, and it's yeah, you know, it's very difficult to tell. Um, well, this where one Lesnar felt stands. like a this one felt like a face because he was saying about kids who shouldn't believe in monsters, but Braun Strowman is a monster. Yeah, it was almost it seemed almost solely designed just to put over Strowman really. There, yeah. was, there was no like Heyman was putting Strowman over a lot. A lot wait, like in previous feuds, like with Samoa Joe previously, he spent the whole time calling him a coward and all that kind of stuff. But there was nothing like derogatory towards Strowman. It was just like this guy is legit, and I'm quite scared. But I suppose what we've seen of Strowman and Lesnar, he beat him up. Yeah, he certainly did that. <laughs> um. Just so, oh, a quick side note: Strowman wasn't wasn't around on Raw this. No, this week. I did notice that. It was a bit a... disappointing to see. You know, WWE obviously building him up to be their next big star wasn't even on the show. I don't know if there was something behind that or maybe Roman Reigns wouldn't let him on the show. Maybe, maybe he threw him off the tour bus. Maybe about that would ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably ate the tour bus. <laughs> um, right, so Seth Rollins versus Cesaro then next up. Now a few weeks back, Seth was a against Sheamus and and I was kind of excited to see this this potential matchup in the future so we got it it was alright uh, it was an okay match any match for these two is going to be good and uh, I just thought we could add a little bit more but you know it's raw it's not a pay-per-view and uh, the tag team match they had at SummerSlam I thought was really actually quite good um, yeah so the, the sort of elements in that match recurring again on raw is, is going to be good for good for raw Cesaro wins with an uppercut, which, you know, to pin former WWE champ Seth Rollins with an uppercut, come on. It was an uppercut and a, a pin where you kind of fold him up, him up and he was yeah. driving his leg, so it wasn't quite like a clean pin, so I can I can see how he could have won. Um, but Cesaro, yeah, Cesaro gets the win on that one, 
Um, that leads us straight into a Dean Ambrose versus Shea um, versus Sheamus, which I thought was actually probably the better match of the two. Um, I'm quite liking Dean Ambrose at the moment. Yeah, I had a note from this that Dean sold really well. He sold his back and his hip really well. Yeah. Um, constantly, like he he has a tendency to obviously when he's doing his comeback, he you get through all the moves and you do whatever. But as he was doing the moves, he was always constantly like running along, limping, holding his back. Um, I thought he just yeah he's he's looking good when he's not so wacky Dean all the time. Yeah, no, you can take him more seriously as a threat. Matt, thoughts on uh, on this feud? So I'm a little bit like, what used to happen in the day when we used to have a tag match at the main event, then we come back to Raw, and it, they'd be off feuding against different people. So you'd have a one-on-one match with. Seth versus whoever on the card and it's just like these it's happened on Smackdown as well with the Usos and the New Day feels a little bit like Overkill, we're maybe. just getting too much of it Yeah. and then we come into the pay-per-views and you think well we've seen this on Raw two weeks previous so it just needs a little bit of a freshen up yeah I think WWE have kind of gone all, all the way they can with um, the, the the sorts of matches obviously we're assuming Cesaro and Sheamus will, will invoke their rematch clause at some point soon uh, for the titles. Um, but yeah, it feels like they've gone maybe they've all you know they've done all they can do with these four men in different combinations. Yeah, we've seen Cesaro versus um, she- uh, Seth. We've seen Cesaro versus Dean, and we've seen Sheamus against both of them, and we've seen them in tag team match against each other. So you know, how much more can they really do? Unless they start adding stipulations in, which, you know, they're likely to do, let's face it. No Mercy is likely to be 17 versus Cesaro and Sheamus with some sort of stipulation, I think. Yeah, and then that then has to be it. Like, you can't then go back and then go, right, we'll have another rematch. Yeah. Because there's, there's talented tag teams on the roster that they can do anything with. They just need to freshen it up, I think. Okay. Um, someone else who's sort of had a freshen up, Emma, um, who's, let's face it, had a torrid time of it in the last couple of years, uh, and in the last few months she's not had, she's not fared much better. She, at least she's getting some TV time, uh, and she got new music, which you know I quite like the old one to be fair. Um, but this this whole feud with Mickey James is terrible. <laughs> the match itself was terrible. The finish was rubbish. Uh, I see a lot of talk about how Emma is being wasted, and I agree, she is. But is she actually that good in the ring? What makes me laugh is that um, she's she's got this new music, and obviously the kind of stipulation was if Emma wins, Mickey can tweet whatever hashtag Emma wants. And the hashtag that that ended up trending was um, give Emma her old music back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah which I, yeah, I certainly didn't. Didn't think the new one was was anywhere near representative of, of Emma. I thought it was a little bit too poppy, if anything, you know, you know or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't quite evil Emma no. as she was when she was down in NXT. No. We won't dwell on dwell on this match too much. No, no. It's probably worth less than we've already achieved. <laughs> yeah, um, moving on. <laughs> something that was worth a lot of TV time and was great to see. Probably the main event. Obviously, we've seen the women's match. 
uh, as the actual physical main event of this show. But what we're all tuning in to watch, as much as we hate to admit it, John oh, Cena uh, and Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'm a Cena fan, and oh, I love Cena and this. John Cena and Roman Reigns, the contract signing, which I never ever liked, but this I bloody loved. <laughs> yeah, contract signings usually are both signed, the scrap in the middle. Someone goes through a table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this was just just awesome from the get go. Brutal. It was yeah. brutal. That's the one word I'd use to describe it. It was brutal. It was no like, physicality. I came out of it brutal. tired. I was like, I'm stressed <laughs> listening to this. The only the only uh, just little critique I had. Why was Kurt Angle in the ring? He said <laughs> nothing. Yeah, he, uh, he added very little. Other than just to announce the tag team match. Yeah, I'll come on to the tag team match because that was probably the the one down point for me that I didn't want didn't want to see. But it starts with Cena in the ring, kind of promo saying how he wants to fight Roman Reigns, signs the contract, calls Roman out. Roman goes on to say that he doesn't need to fight John Cena. It's not that he doesn't want to. So he doesn't need to. Why would he lessen himself and his legacy by beating John Cena? Where are his words? Um, I've done something you've never done and retire the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, that one gets a little bit old, I think. Well, I think Cena straight away was just like, well, you beat a man that's at the end of his career, a bad yeah. hip and a bad back. Yeah, uh, a little bit offensive to the Undertaker. <laughs> I did, the crowd did not like that bit. No. Um, but I think the, the crowd were all over the place in this one. They just they had no idea how to react to what was being said. Some of the, some of the lines, Cena said Reigns is a, a cheap, corporately created bootleg John Cena. Um, Reigns seemed to get a little bit lost with his lines. <laughs> and Cena being John Cena, the master of a promo, wasn't going to let that one lie. We saw it with The Miz the other week where he called him up on mispronouncing Barclays. But he... Cena has got a history of doing this because he did it to The Rock when The Rock had. He did it to The Rock, yeah. When he had it on his wrist. Um, yeah. Which was Schoolboy Era Rock. I mean, Schoolboy Era. I don't mind it so much when he does it, but it does make me feel a little bit sorry for the guys in the ring with. Because obviously, you're in the ring with John Cena. You're already probably going to be the second best person on the mic in that ring. And for him to sort of just exacerbate that by um, calling you out on the little mistakes that you make. Who's to say Roman wasn't just about to say the right thing, you know? Yeah, it was a little bit... I did feel a little bit uncomfortable when Cena cut was like, come on, find it. Like, it's yeah. called a promo, come on. Like It was a I bit mean, like... It was It was funny to hear, like he said, uh, you've got five years to learn, or you've had five years to learn you how to do you a cut promo. You a decent one. Or um, oh, he says, it's called a promo, you should probably learn how to do one sometime, you know? Kid. Kept calling him Which, kid. See, I like that. It was really close to the mark. Because if you... Oh, with the WWE, you should know how to cut a promo. I agree with him. It was just, it was a little bit, it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Because you could see Reigns a little unprofessional. But what what actually, what it actually did was fire Reigns up. Because I think, I don't know about you guys, but did Reigns go off the cuff with that that response? Because he went in on John Cena after that. (laughs) I don't know. it might have been what Cena was trying to do, to be fair. It um, could, yeah, maybe. Because he, he is a smart man. And, um, it, it did make me laugh that Cena had these kind of well-thought-out uh, insults um, and long-drawn-out ones, and <laughs> Reigns just responds with, you're just a fake bitch. <laughs> a fake-ass fake, fake ass part-time bitch. <laughs> the, the bit that I did like was when <laughs> he was like, it'd be because you suck. 
And then he went straight to Tranga. Well, they cheer him because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got a gold medal. <laughs> yeah. A lot of ad libbing from Cena. Some of it good, some of it maybe not. So he mentioned much. that the crowd wanted to change the content of his character, maybe a little heel turn. <laughs> that was the... a massive pop yeah. when they said heel turn. Yeah. All the or our age fans went, what? He's going to turn heel <laughs> he turn. Said heel turn. He said heel turn. <laughs> he knows who we are. <laughs> <laughs> they said the word heel on TV. <laughs> And did you hear also after Michael Cole said they were shooting from the hip? Yeah. And um, I can't, I think it was Corey who said they weren't shooting from the hip, they were shooting from the heart. Yeah. Um, Always a nice line from Corey. Yeah. So um, that, that whole segment, I mean, it got personal, but I bloody loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, and all it's done, what it has done, is get me pretty pumped for the match. Now, originally, I thought, why the hell are they giving this away on No Mercy? This is Cena versus Reigns. It's WrestleMania headline quality. At least, you know, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Um, why are they giving this away on a B-level pay-per-view? Are they gonna? Is this going to go to somewhere else? I feel like there's potentially it could become a series, like a two-three match series, and it's, it's something that they've done uh, this year, especially with the B pay-per-views, um, like things like um, Great Balls of Fire. How They've had good build-up and big matches. And I, I don't know if they're they're trying to get more eyes on their smaller pay-per-views. Um, it, but it is working by the looks. They even seen it said at the top of this promo, this is WrestleMania-worthy. Yeah. His commentator said it about five times as well. Yeah. Um, but we've seen, yeah, we've seen it with, with Nakamura and Cena, the, the dream match. Um we even get Nakamura versus Orton, which is not any sort of dream match for me, but it's a big deal. We're getting Next Strowman Lesnar. Strowman Lesnar. We've had Joe Lesnar, that was a dream match. Even to have them two, that, them those two, two matches, matches on one card. Yeah. On one card is a big deal. What's do, the main event? Yeah, I do worry that this match could overshadow the title match. The only problem I've got with this match as well is the crowd could take over and could destroy it right yeah so it's in the staple center in in los angeles so i don't i mean historically la isn't as brutal a crowd as say new york philly or philly or chicago um but you know it's still a pretty pretty big hotbed for wwe especially um and yeah i don't i don't i don't want the crowd to to ruin this match I mean I think there's less chance of that happening after this after promo. yeah I think it's probably done a really good job of that because I think people are going to be behind John Cena yeah I've, I've got a friend who was completely not interested in this story at all and I'd watched Raw before him and I said I know you're not interested in Cena Reigns but watch this promo and it will get you interested and then he, he watched it last night text me at like quarter to 12 at midnight or something and just said oh my god best promo ever I really want Cena to win <laughs> yeah I think that's probably what WWE are aiming for I mean as much as they'd love to get Roman over with the fans it's just not gonna happen I think the end of this feud is a handing of the torch and I know it sounds really like pathetic and that but I think that's where they're going with it yeah, yeah it was good that they just let them kind of be themselves they let Reigns be the cocky confident no badass no <laughs> that he is and Cena was the animated um 
taken offense to the whole burying thing because he says how he's introduced all these new people to the audience with a yeah, golden shovel no one had ever heard of AJ Styles before John Cena put him over yeah, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think he meant he didn't mean AJ Styles in that uh, but yeah it was it was just all round like I couldn't really fault couldn't fault the uh, the promo no can you tell, tell me someone who he has buried Rusev, the entirety of the Nexus. Yeah, Wade Barrett. Baron Corbin at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Baron's done a good job of burying himself somehow. I have no idea how, <laughs> but he has. Um, but yeah, there's been a few examples. Um, but I'm, I'm not one to bash John Cena, I think. Um, I love John Cena. I think he's done wonders for the business and wonders for younger talent when he yeah. had the US title, with the exception of Rusev. Uh, and probably Bray Wyatt as well actually he didn't do great for Bray Wyatt in that feud um, you know he, Sami Zayn had his debut against him on the main roster Kevin Owens Cesaro got in a hell of a shift against him Kevin Owens he seen to put him over in Kevin Owens first match yep um, obviously he put um, AJ Styles over and, and then you know they had that sort of well, back while, and forth while we were on SummerSlam um, he Cena has recently just come out of a a losing streak at SummerSlam against guys who you'd consider kind of indie darlings. I mean, he Daniel lost. Bryan, for instance, he lost yeah. to CM Punk 2011. Lost to um, CM Punk twice. I, <laughs> I can't remember who he lost to in 2012, but 2013 he lost to Bryan. 2014 he lost to Lesnar, but in 15 he lost to Rollins. 16 he lost to Styles. So he definitely has done more than his fair share of helping established guys become bigger than they are. I don't think that's the position we. We kind of want to see him in. I think yeah. I'm happy for him to be near the top of the card. I mean, he's great at that level. But if he's going to be there, then he should be putting other people over at the same time, which he is. Um, I don't think people can complain about the position John Cena holds in the company at the moment. He referenced it in the promo, actually, about how people think he has this magic power to decide other people's fate. It hasn't... Main evented <laughs> WrestleMania in five years. Yeah, that's and a good was point. even the opening match at SummerSlam. Yeah. And he sound pretty pissed off about it as well. <laughs> so that means I was there when he was last main event in WrestleMania. You were? And he beat The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, it's an interesting fact I hadn't thought of it like that. Uh, John Cena hadn't main evented WrestleMania in so long. Um so yeah, I mean just great promo from both men. Especially John Cena, but Roman. Roman played his part well. Um, Gallows and Anderson came out. <laughs> oh, why? 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 For the second time in the evening, we saw Gallows and Anderson, and all this roar seemed to do to me, because we saw a couple of people a, a few times in the night. Um, was highlight the lack of depth. I mean, I understand maybe it was a little bit thrown together. If we were expecting to see John Cena versus Samoa Joe this week, and Samoa Joe pulled out on. Saturday or Sunday obviously it doesn't need a lot of time to make other plans so I can understand maybe this was a bit of a patchwork match but Gallows and Anderson come out and all essentially they've come out for is just to say that John Cena and Roman Reigns are nerds which I hate um, <laughs> love it and you know the match is made and they lose <laughs> it, was, it was odd um, I, I feel they definitely should have left with Reigns flipping the table, them getting each other's faces, and Angle being there to separate them. It's like not with a microphone or anything, just have like the handheld cam come up and they're 
arguing, they're bickering, Kurt Angle's like, leave it till no mercy, blah, 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 whatever. I think we'll and probably see that again. Well, like, I kind of expected the, the tag team match to maybe end with, uh, I don't know, Reigns hits Cena with a spear by accident and Gallows and Anderson pick up the win or something like that. We saw something similar last week. You mean Roman Reigns, yeah. Roman Reigns hits him with his three moves. Yeah. <laughs> what I do worry about with this feud is... There's going to be a lot of the same move in these matches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I just a quick side note? In the SummerSlam match, the Fatal Four Way, <laughs> I counted nine Superman punches from Roman Reigns in the, in the whole match, which is just ridiculous. Does he cock his wrist at every point? Yes. That's free for it's, every point in the end. It's supposed to be like one of his big moves. Like They always sell it as if they can put someone away with it. It's just a punch. It's like me playing on WWE 2K16 or 17. You just go, oh, I've got it again. You just mash the button. <laughs> You got the magic button, bang! <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, he just oh, they do overuse that, and just the way Michael Cole says it annoys yeah. me. But but my yeah, my my worry for this is that we've had two weeks of good build up, like really good build up, but there's still another about four weeks to go till No Mercy. So I do worry that it's gonna get a bit like a bit stale, and we just want want the no, match to come get it over with. They'll so. give it a break, and I think they'll give it a break of one two weeks and then we'll get back into it as long as they're not teaming up every week because there's literally no reason why they should even coexist after they literally destroyed each other on the mic exactly yeah I mean one interesting thing and I I would actually quite like to see this happen is in the build up to um, No Mercy or even after if they still happen to be in a random tag team what happens if they work their way up the the tag team rank and Kurt Angle says right you're number one contenders for the tag team titles and it's against Seth and Dean and you've got Roman in that position where he's against his semi-reunited Shield brethren. He gets with tag, tagging with someone he doesn't really like, and then he has to make the choice between turning on Cena or winning the titles. I mean, that's a really interesting dynamic. No, mm. <laughs> I would have said it, it could be. It, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that will never happen no yeah I could I would bet my house that that's not going to happen <laughs> it is something I've, I've always thought about with range with this whole Seth and Dean thing um, a way to maybe get the fans on range's side could be perhaps to have them clamour to for him to join them because you know they make an attempt to reach out to him and he turns them down he'll get booed whatever if they're you know outnumbered by someone I don't know it could even be say like the Miztourage where it's three on two or something continuously and then Reigns is they want Reigns to come out and he doesn't and then eventually he does I mean that when they're together Reigns is going to get a better crowd reaction so I wonder if WWE with their desperate want to get Roman over will maybe resort to that at some point maybe I I would personally like to see them kind of stay as far away from each other as they possibly can for at least what do you mean for Dean and Seth's sake just, <laughs> just Roman for shit. <laughs> at least a few months maybe till after Mania or Royal Rumble kind of time um, maybe occasionally have all three of them on the same screen in a promo backstage or something but I just I think they're, Seth and Dean are doing good things right now um, Reigns is on his uh, I, he's obviously got his eyes on someone like Cena and then something like the title so there's no necessary reason for him to join them at the moment so I think they'd be better off if they were um, kept completely separate for the time being I think the only way you're going to get Reigns over with a crowd is if he turns heel 
I yeah, I, I, I think even if he was in the shield, there's a good chance he would still get booed whenever he gets tagged in or anything. Um, which could make it a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> two people then, getting cheered and then he gets tagged in. Because people, people have been saying this for years, and then like, he joins them and he's still not getting the reactions. It would, <laughs> it would probably be a disaster. <laughs> well, fine. Shot my idea down then. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, we don't want him in the show. Um, something we didn't want this this Elias Samson segment. <laughs> I don't perfect. mind Elias. Yeah. I'm fine with Elias. So even at SummerSlam on the kickoff, let him have his own segment uninterrupted. Two Finished songs. the song. But yeah, two songs. Walked off. Even got a good crowd reaction. Started it again this time. Interrupted by Jerry Lawler, obviously Memphis um, native, Memphis legend. Um, you can only think that maybe this was done on a whim because obviously they would have been expecting Booker T to be here. Yeah. So unless Jerry Lawler was scheduled to come out anyway, but not be commentator for this for this segment. Um, then fine but he brings who did he bring out Pelvis Wesley Pelvis Wesley from Southport Regional Wrestling Season Southport 2 Southport Regional Wrestling which I'm yet to see and I've I really not seen any I've seen Chris Jericho interview Natty in the very 80s garb but that's uh, that's about it um, yeah just oh, terrible <laughs> didn't like it didn't see the point in it the only one it was just filler I had one we could have had more of Cena versus Reigns yeah, you could have. I had one note on this. Why does Corey hate Elias? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said he, this for yeah, a while. He hated him down in NXT. Um, but why? And it's, it's weird because he, Corey's like a heel commentator. Elias is a heel. You would assume because uh, Elias's shtick is ragging on the town that he's in, so you would assume Grays agree with that and say something like that just to get a bit, a little bit of commentator heat yeah. cheap heat um, but yeah it, it's weird I'm not quite sure why he likes him so much and why in the last couple of weeks Michael Cole has been so over the top I know. like over, over the top it's sarcastic gathering you know more sort of OTTness with Elias it's, it just gets over just like b- over before the top. ad break it was like and Elias is debuting his new song next yeah, and I can't wait and before it was like oh this guy that's really weird more heelish to me yeah. what Cole's doing then, than what yeah Cole that Graves should be doing. what Graves is doing and being yeah. like I can't wait to see what he says about Memphis it's, yeah. it's odd yeah, anyway let's move on from this <laughs> way right. too long on that segment well I only really need just with one thing with Raw then and that's the the Raw Women's Championship match um so we've seen another title change. What this is the title point? change? Give fans it... at SummerSlam to Sasha, and now it's back on Alexa Bliss. I know they're trying to portray that Sasha's a bad champion because she's never defended it. But do you know what? Just don't take it off her that quickly. Don't give it to her. Yeah, don't yeah. give it to her. <laughs> it's weird. I I would imagine they would have they would be trying to go with the whole Sasha, Sasha can't, can't win it, the yeah. big one thing, but she's won the title four times now. So when if she if ever she does have a successful defense, if she wins it a fifth time and then defends it successfully, it's like, no, oh, right? Like it's not that well, much yeah, of a fifth title, time lucky. A title defense is much less of a deal than a title win. Yeah, isn't well it? they always yeah. say it's harder, it's harder to, to keep, keep it, it to win it, but but it, it's it's odd. It, I don't know what kind of story they're trying to build around this. Nia Jax is the only thing I can. Well, just... yeah, this is the only thing. So so the match is let's get into the match. The match was all right. I don't think he's ever really clicked with these two now I'm under the impression that these two really don't actually like each other in real life from what I've heard and what they've spoken about on things like bring it to the table for instance they don't like each other well I I, I can't remember what it was when she did the double knees off the stage yeah 
and she split Alexa. Great, great balls of fire. Yeah, yeah it could have yeah. been. And she split Alexa's lip. Yeah. And she went to do something, and Alexa lashed out at her, and it looked genuine, not yeah like scripted. She looked like she kicked out at her, and it was a bit. Oh, do these two yeah. definitely don't? Well, like I mean, other. the rumours circulating is that Sasha isn't happy with the with Alexa's attitude towards the business. How Alexa wasn't a fan growing up, and she even said how she couldn't tell the difference between Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, but at the end I of the find day, it difficult to believe and, they're very different. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, does it matter? No. Why does it? Why should it matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter. And to be fair, if you've ever listened to Alexa Bliss on any other podcast, I won't mention them. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't go listen she, to anyone else. She, by the sounds of things, she was a fan growing up. She talks about how her grandma got her into it, and she watched a lot of stuff, a lot of quite obscure stuff as well that you wouldn't necessarily um, think that she'd be into. So it definitely does sound like she was in it. It's just before that she had other interests in things like bodybuilding and stuff. So um, I don't think it... her, it's a bit strange because you wouldn't look at Alexa Bliss and think bodybuilder, would you? Yeah, well, she's she's, she's, she's mentioned now. how she's um, she's had to change a lot. She's she's a lot heavier now than she was before. She was like minimum body fat, all that kind of stuff. Um, went and her she was really weak in, like in comparison to how she is now. Um, so just because she's had these outside interests, it not really relevant to her maybe not being as big a fan as Sasha who just so happened to be like a super fan no and and from Sasha well I mean on just on Sasha I mean if you compare Sasha's year to Alexa's there is no comparison Alexa's been the best thing that happened to the, the women's division I think on I Raw thought. especially since she joined and on Smackdown when she was there yeah um, like Sasha's nowhere near Alexa's level in terms of crowd interest or my interest or our interest or anyone's interest really she wasn't even meant to be in this match at SummerSlam do we think no, maybe yeah. um, ever since it was slightly before SummerSlam um, but Sasha's been getting a few boos in there not as many as Bailey. not as many as <laughs> yeah. Bailey, but there's a few boos so I, could it be that maybe they they've heard this backstage and have thought oh she's not quite as hot as we want her to be right now so they're giving it back to Alexa who's always kind of I mean if that's the case that's just really bad judgment I think yeah the crowd reactions that Alexa's been getting have been much better than what Sasha's been getting if you want the champion to be you know have great momentum then you keep it on Alexa yeah there's no absolutely no need for her to drop the title to Sasha only to win it back straight away I think it's it was completely pointless um but the match itself was okay. Alexa wins with a DDT. She didn't hit her. Um, what's her finisher called? A twisted, twisted bliss. bliss. Off the top. The, yeah, she didn't hit that. She's won a lot of matches with a DDT, yeah. especially on SmackDown. And this one was especially good. It was a good DDT. And Stoke Cold Steve Austin actually mentioned this the other day about how he hates that the DDTs become a sort of just a buy, just a, nothing just a move. second move. To, you know, it's almost like a false finish move, but it used to be a deadly finisher. I find it very hard. In, growing up, someone my age, I find it hard to accept a DDT as a legitimate finisher. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't around really when Jake the Snake was using it. And again, it. we've got Dirty Deeds. We've always Dirty had Deeds. Mick, even when Mick Foley Mick used his double arm. Mick Foley won the WWE title with a double arm DDT against Stone Cold at SummerSlam, you know? And Triple H in a threat match. You know, it's. We'll get onto another DVD, uh, DVD? <laughs> DDT later. But. A that's, that's type, for a certain type of DDT. Yeah, that's for SmackDown. Um, 
But yeah, um, so you know, it's still a, um, it's still an impactful move. I just don't see it as a finisher. But what whatever, she executed it well. I didn't expect it to get the pin. I didn't expect Alexa to win. I, I did think I didn't expect her to win either. But I especially wouldn't have expected her to win at that point. It was no. a bit anti-climax. There wasn't anything like. And didn't really lead up to. This is what I think with their matches. They don't build enough. These two, they they go from start to middle to end. They go to start to middle fairly well, but then the end just comes, and it's yeah, like, the end just it was like a SummerSlam. The end just happened. Yeah. And you were a bit like, oh, oh, okay. It was the same with that match, yeah, where Alexa just tapped out, and I think yeah, it didn't build. Like you could have had, maybe they're just not being given the time to 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 really build it. I felt with this as well. It was a, at the wrong point in the card. Yeah, it wasn't, like, well, it was, I mean, this, there wasn't anything else in ring wise that they could have topped it with. But at this point, like they know, they must know that they the fans dwindle off in the last hour. Yeah. So I why think, put a title match for the women's title like on on the main event? Just whack it in the middle and then have Cena, Roman Reigns right at the end. Because you know people are going to stay tuned for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think maybe the idea was they didn't want to have a promo to end the show as well as start it. Um, but you know, I think in this instance they could have maybe made a, made an exception. But it's not knocking, you know, Sasha and Alexa. I think they're they're really really great workers. Um, I just think yeah, maybe it wasn't in the right place. Um, so Alexa wins. She's she's now a, what a two-time Raw Women's Champion. Yeah, she's um, the um, she's the only person to win both, right? Yeah, not yeah. only the only person to win both, but she's also won both titles twice. Yeah, that's true, because she lost the first ones in Naomi and White Battle, didn't she? Yeah, so she's kind of streaks ahead of everyone else at the yeah. moment. Um, so Nia Jax comes out to celebrate. I didn't like this bit, because it seemed too obvious what was yeah, happening. Yeah, she was too happy. Nia Jax is not ever like that. So no. <laughs> there was literally well, no need for her to come unless out. Unless you follow her on Twitter and Instagram, well, she's yeah. like that all the time. Yeah, if, she's if, very happy-go-lucky on Instagram. I would have understood this more if Nia had come out during, during the, the match, match. Yeah. caused a distraction, then she hits the DDT. But for her to come out during Alexa celebrations was just odd. Why do you not just wait backstage? Yeah, well, like, I guess the reason she didn't wait backstage is so we could see her turn on Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, she gets what well, she puts Alexa on her shoulders... Uh, a bit like Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought uh, this was very reminiscent to Evolution turning on Randy Orton. Yeah, that's the first thing that crossed my mind when I saw her. I thought, well, she's going to drop her now. She's going to drop her now. And mm. then she did. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed that it was that obvious. I could tell that they weren't going to just leave it with Alexa celebrating her title win to end Raw, though. Um, so Nia turns on her. So this is where we're going, right? Uh, Nia versus Alexa. Well, they'll have to be. I would imagine they'll have to do some kind of rematch. For Sasha, because she obviously is in a contract. Triple threat. Um, yeah. Oh, it could be a fatal four-way because they could then add Bailey, Bailey, Bailey in here. Soon be back. I don't know how long Bailey's out for. To be fair, she's, she's, I don't think she's in a sling anymore. No, um, she had it strapped she, up, didn't she, she, at SummerSlam? Yeah. She's uh, she doesn't. I can't imagine she'll be too far off. Well, it hasn't been. Month. Hasn't been that long, has it? No, four it's weeks? been yeah, three, four weeks. So I'd imagine give it another month maximum. Yeah. So a fatal four-way. We... At no mercy moment. Potential. It's four weeks till that, isn't it? So, um, so yeah. That was raw. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, I'm a little bit in the middle. I'm going in the middle. I think Cena Reigns was a big thumbs up. Everything else was kind of a thumbs down. I'd yeah, give it... Stephen, Stephen Dean and, and Cesaro Sheamus is in the middle, I think. 
I'd say it was about a 6.5. So I'm... Going with a different metric. Yeah, I'm going with a thumbs in the middle is slightly... Slightly bent, tilted up. <laughs> slightly tilted up. Um, I I really enjoyed the Battle Royal. Um, I enjoyed the whole Seth Dean, Cesaro Sheamus stuff. Uh, I enjoyed Cena Reigns. Um, I thought the good outweighed the bad. I wouldn't say there was anything that was particularly bad. There's a things with, there's a couple of things which just made me Hawkins would. even the Elias Samson bit. I I like seeing Elias out there. <laughs> at I like least, at least Elias. it, it wasn't see why we needed pelvis Wesley. <laughs> at least it wasn't a match. Um, I just love the catchphrase. He wants the walk of Elias. I don't know why. It just it gets me every time. Um, but no, I, I thought it was a decent role. Um Did you know that Walk with Elias Midland. abbreviated is WWE? Say that again. Walk with Elias abbreviated is WWE. He tweeted that actually the other day. Man, you're just blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I aim to do each and every week here on PWP. Um, so that was Raw. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fairly decent, but yeah, there was it had its limitations. Um, so, but we're, you know, excited to see where we go with Cena Reigns, especially for No Mercy. And there's always more to see from Braun Strowman next week, I imagine. So. Um, that can only be a good thing. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. So you may be wondering why you're hearing some pretty retro WWE music. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and have a little bit of, bit of fun with this, with this segment. What we're, what we're aiming for, and we, I'll explain why we're, we're, we're hearing an old segment um, in a bit. What we're going to do is we're going to we'll take each era of WWE, starting from around the mid-80s, something that's called the, the Golden Era. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to list a number of wrestlers, and we're going to try and make a Survivor Series team out of that era. Um, out of the, the best wrestlers, we, want, maybe we don't necessarily want to pick the five best, we want to t- pick... The, the five who might make the best team uh, for a Survivor Series match. What we're going to do each week is we're going to we're going to move on to an era and we're going to compare um, wrestlers from each of the era and we're going to make a Survivor Survivor Series team for each one. And then once we've got those sorted up to present day, um, we'll uh, try to start pitting them against each other. Uh, so yeah, just a bit of fun. Um, we've actually we could start with as I say the mid eighties. Something called the Golden Era, which I think officially stretches from about 85 to 92. Um, so, but we're going to mainly focus on the, the late 80s, I think, with these with these guys. Aiden, we got 10 narrowed down. Uh, who have you got? So these are our top 10 from this era in no particular order. Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Mr. Perfect, Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, Ricky Steamboat, and Ric Flair. Right, so that that's a hell of a list for a start. I mean, there's some pretty great names in there. Now, Matt, you're a little bit unhappy. I'm very unhappy. <laughs> um, we couldn't find a spot for the Legion of Doom. Now, I'll explain why. Individually, we didn't think that they would, were in the top 10 uh, wrestlers of the era, and we can't put a team into a... a a Survivor Series team without yes you can without, they used to do it all the time well without taking up the spot of two others I think on their own individually Animal and Hawk aren't deserving of going in as a team yeah great but then you'd also argue that someone like Demolition could go in 
given that they were the longest reigning tag champs for a long long time or even the Hart Foundation or the Rockers you know so well, I'm sure we'll hear more of maybe Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels coming up in the uh, the next few weeks but um, my immediate thoughts on that now there's one name that jumps off the page as a dead cert and as much as um, maybe his ingrown skills weren't that great you cannot dismiss the impact impact sorry that Hulk Hogan has had on the wrestling business agree agree yeah if you leave him out you're insane <laughs> yeah I mean there's no way looking down like this that you couldn't say that Hulk Hogan would deserve to be in that in that team so Hulk Hogan is going straight in as the first pick for our golden era Survivor Series team Matt what are you thinking as soon as you said it as soon as you mentioned him Mr. Perfect yeah just his in-ring ability was amazing and I just think that he could bring something to this team yeah I think as a heel Mr. Perfect was as good as anyone I mean I wasn't too keen on when he was on his sort of face runs I mean they weren't too um, too often but as I mean his vignettes his vignettes from when he started when he was being introed to uh, you know where he would do all those great sporting accomplishments and all those great things they were just some of the best work that WWE had ever done to that point and then obviously in ring he was just on another level to a lot of guys and he point. had the best chewing gum spit ever. <laughs> I never saw never ever saw him mess that up but no. it was really impressive perfect record you could say perfect and so, you're forced but you're a bit younger than the rest of us now Matt and I aren't quite old enough to really remember all this when we were growing up probably we were too young to even experience it um, but we've obviously seen things from, from back in the past and I'm sure you have too um, what are your thoughts on Mr Perfect? Yeah everything that I've gone back and watched um, I've been impressed by lots of lots of great matches and he was obviously one of the best pure wrestlers they'd had at that point and he was a good character as well um, but I'm just looking. I'm looking up and down this list, and um, I'm not so. I'm not so sure. There's a space for him in the top five for that era. Um, Take my LOD, now you're taking my <laughs> Mr. Perfect. Well, that's controversial. Make, I mean, I'm gonna okay. make my own team. <laughs> we might be able to fit him in. Um, we'll have to come on to the come on to the rest. But yeah, I'm. There's it's, all of these people are. Hall of Famers uh, on this list um, it's it's going to be tough to decide okay well um, alright let's put a let's put a Mr. Perfect to one side then I'm leaning towards a yes he's in and Matt I think definitely you are too yeah, Adrian, you're in, maybe not so we'll run through the others then um, so one that I think is an interesting choice on this list would be Roddy Piper I mean in ring skills maybe left a little bit to be desired he was no slouch um, but on the mic, his segments um, with the the Piper's Pit were always pretty pretty good. Um, are we making a team that's good on the mic, or are we making a team that's good in the ring? This is good. Yep, it's a good point. Um, just for Roddy Piper is is an interesting I'd choice. Veto Roddy Piper, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't be in my team. The late great Roddy Piper, we should say, or uh, or Toddy Popper, <laughs> as we like to refer to him. Uh, that's a bit of an inside joke don't worry about it um, okay so moving on right there's another name a, a giant name you might you might say on this list Andre the Giant now again much like 
Hulk Hogan, he transcended the, the, the sport of wrestling into the mainstream. Uh, so a huge global megastar. But purely down to purely down to his size. Let's face it. But an awful wrestler. Um, so you're not having you're not having Andre. No, that. I'm not having Andre either. He was an awful wrestler. I think and, awful might be a stretch. I did see something. Um, I can't remember who it was from, but some um, a lot of it was made obviously in WWE of Andre's size and how immobile he was. But I saw a clip of him fighting someone in Japan from way back when. Uh, and he was do he did a what like a forward flip off a over a hip toss or, or or something like a back body drop or or something like that, which would just looked ridiculous for someone his size to be doing. But it proved that he could do more than he was showing in WWF at the time. Um, personally, I would be tempted to agree with you, and that maybe Andre misses out on this. I don't think he brings a lot to the team. We do have. We've already got one name in there for purely his mainstream attraction in Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So um, I think we can maybe leave Andre out uh, as he would only be going in for the same reason. Yeah, I think I would make more of a case for Mr. Perfect than Andre the Giant in this team. Yeah. As would I. Okay. Uh, right, Ric Flair's an interesting one because obviously we all heard my thoughts on Ric Flair and I'm... Wasn't, but didn't mean to bash the guy last week. He might have come across <laughs> a little bit negatively. He was in hospital and <laughs> you just felt it the perfect time to bash him. down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously an icon of the business. But his run in WWF, was it really that iconic? It's not really rememberable, is it? Rememberable? That's not even a word. That's not a word. <laughs> um, memorable. Memorable, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, he won the, obviously he won the title. Um, and he had a memorable Royal Rumble appearance, winning the title in the in the uh, in the act of doing that. But I find it difficult to justify putting him in as one of the top five because obviously he was really great and obviously he had such a lasting impact. Um, but if you compare him to what you you know some of the others on this list, so you've got say Randy Savage, who in ring was probably just as good if not better than Flair I would say better than Flair great on the mic as well and had a long lasting impact on the the WWF Um, so what are your thoughts on whether we think Flair should go into this team and conversely Macho Man Randy Savage or Macho King depending on what gimmick we want Macho Man in Flair out yeah I would put Macho Man in ahead of Flair but we can't necessarily discount Flair um, just looking at statistics and championships one and how um, maybe not in WWE but in every other promotion he was in he was the star he was the main draw for a long time so yeah. it's, it's a tough one it's a tough one <laughs> we go I kind of want like a dynamic like a face heel dynamic in this team so we've got what Hogan so the ultimate baby face in WWF at the time um I'm leaning towards putting Savage in, who for me was connected better with the audience as a face, but was also really good as a heel. Um, so what do we, you know, do we think we put Savage in as a face or a heel, basically? Savage goes in as a face, but that gives, gives me more emphasis on Perfect going in as a... As a heel. As a heel. Okay. So I think we've got three 
Mm, three nailed down. Aiden, are you sold on Mr. Perfect yet? I can, yeah, I can see the case for him. Um, he was a phenomenal wrestler, um, great character. Um, I would just like to go through the other options and see how I feel after discussing the others. Okay, uh, so let's move on to the others then. So who have we got? We've got right Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, now, I must admit at the time, well not at the time, but when I was growing up, I was never really a big fan of Jake the Snake. It's only in the last few years where I've started to sort of fully understand why he's so revered by uh, WWE fans and legends alike. Uh, everyone seems to, to say the same thing, that he had such great psychology uh, in the ring. Obviously, he had his personal demons, which we've seen well documented. Um, I just don't know if he did enough for me. He, did you know he never won a singles title, in or never won an actual title in WWF? Yeah, I'm. Um, he was he was good, interesting character, different character, and yeah, you hear nothing but great reviews from him from fans and wrestlers alike, but. Um, I don't see him fitting in the top five of this team. No. Agreed. I, I'm not sold, Matt. You? I'm not. I loved Jake when I was younger. It was something different that we I've not seen before. But um, if he's gonna if he's gonna be in my top five, probably not in this. No. All right. I think unfortunately we can strike Jake Snake Roberts. Um. So who have we got left then? So we've got we've got two more spaces we need to fill. Uh, we've got to choose between Ted DiBiase, The Ultimate Warrior, and Ricky Steamboat. For me, one name that jumps out there, and it might not be the obvious one, Ted DiBiase. The Million Dollar Man. The Million Dollar Man, literally the ultimate heel character. And I, I remember watching some of his matches and thinking... Okay, he's a little bit boring. Like in ring, his matches weren't that entertaining, um, but he was entertaining like outside of the ring, and he could wrestle. Like he was a really good wrestler. He was just his style of wrestling was very much of that time. Um, yeah, it was sort of slow. It was slow, yeah. Um, so no, like today, I, I wouldn't think twice about putting Million Dollar Man into a, our uh, Ultimate Team, or whatever. But um, I think in. in you know, he might sort of nip ahead of Ricky Steamboat in there for me. Ricky Steamboat never really did much for me in WWF, in WWF at the time. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat, I wouldn't. I'd say the other two definitely go in, and Ricky Steamboat misses out. Yeah, you've got uh, the ultimate heel in Ted DiBiase, and then you've also got the ultimate babyface in Ricky Steamboat. Um, yeah, Ricky Steamboat never ever once turned heel in his whole career. I would. Uh, I'm. I would definitely lean towards Ted DiBiase. I want a good heel in there. Why I'm a bit torn between him and Roddy Piper. Um, I probably lean towards Ted DiBiase out of the two. I think so. I think. I think Ted DiBiase goes in. Yeah. I think be, he's a great mouthpiece for the team. A great heel mouthpiece, and um, you know, solid, solid wrestler. Um, probably should have done more with his career than, than actually did I think we could call it the million dollar team we could call it the million dollar team um, be quite 
underselling it really. <laughs> um, all right, so with the proviso that Mr. Perfect is in at the moment, that leaves one space. So I think it can only be the ultimate warrior. It can only be the ultimate warrior. Such an entertaining character and just how weird and wacky he was. Just how turned up to 11 he was and just how energised he was. All, all and his entrance was... His entrance is iconic. It's so simple. Just runs to the ring. Yeah. Literally sprints. Like, I did that. When I was a kid, I never understood how he wasn't knackered when he got to the ring. Um, but if you, from if all you, that running and shaking the ropes and all I know, that. obviously, he went into the Hall of Fame a few years ago. If you hear anything before then, everyone told him not to run to the ring because he gassed out in... Yeah. Other the early bits of the matches and couldn't have a good match. Yeah, well, I mean, that might also be down to the fact that he wasn't he a wasn't great wrestler. Good <laughs> but that's besides the point. I think with this team, we need star power, and I think the Ultimate Warrior uh, provides that star power. And when he grabs the ropes, I tell you what, <laughs> it's nothing like it. And unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, he's one of a number of people on this list who's no longer, no longer with us. Uh, so how many people in the in? Our team are still alive. Well, that'd be it. So, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Ted DiBiase. And Ted DiBiase. Randy Savage, Mr. Perfect, and uh, Ultimate Warrior. All Rest dead. In peace. Yeah, all legends. All legends of the game. So, right. Am I right in saying we've got our, our, our golden era team sorted? Sorted. Yeah, so the final five. Are you sold on Mr. Perfect? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't sound <laughs> no, after um, deliberating and going through the the rest of the people on the list, I think yeah, he's a he's a good fit for it. Right, so there you have it. So let's run it down. Um, leader of the team, let's say Hulk Hogan. Um, Captain America. Captain America, <laughs> the ultimate uh, symbol of WWF in the nineteen eighties and, and early nineties. Followed closely by the likes of Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, Ted DiBiase, and Mr. Perfect. What a team that is. What a team. I think that has a really good chance of doing pretty well against our other eras. Yeah, well, we'll see next week when we come to do what what we're moving on to next so week. So this, well, this will be uh, next week, I think we'll, we'll call it the new generation, but it starts probably a little bit. Actually, yeah, it's pretty much the new generation. So it's around 93 to 97 time. Just before the well-known attitude era kicked in. Canelo D still going to that one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most definitely not. They were still around. Well, only briefly. I mean, they came back in 98. <laughs> oh. Or 97, actually. Well, 197. Um, so there you have it. Yeah, that's our, that's our Survivor Series team. Um, let us know what you thought about that on the Twitter um, at the underscore PWP. Um, we'll put that we'll put that team up. Let us know if we missed anybody out. I mean, off the top of my head, apart from LOD, I can't think of too many that would would have made that list. Um, so we hope we haven't we haven't missed anybody out and offended anybody too much. Um, but if you take it that seriously, you probably need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there you have it. There's our golden era team. Right, so let's get back to the action then in the ring uh, from the present day. Um, and let's, let's go on to Smackdown Live. Smackdown 
Mbappe from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, this week. Um, random place, silly name. <laughs> um, Sorry, started, anyone that's from Little Rock. <laughs> started off with a Jinder Mahal promo, promo from the WWE champion. My notes, first note, still rubbish. <laughs> I just cannot get on board with Jinder Mahal on the mic. He is pretty terrible. Yeah, the the Jinder Mahal experiment has run its course. It's done, isn't it? I'm done with Jinder. Are you done with Jinder? I was done with Jinder first week. <laughs> Shall I we... was done with Jinder in the free MB. <laughs> Shall we hashtag done with Jinder? Done with Jinder. Hashtag done with Jinder. Get that trend in and forget what Emma says. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what, I mean, what does he say? I mean, he says nothing really. Same old India versus the US stuff. Although we did sort of point out that they started referencing more the whole of Asia now rather than just India. Um, maybe he's found out Indians don't like him maybe, either. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, the Singh brothers are even worse than Jinder was their overacting of how sorry they were that they let him down. And if I have to hear the word Maharaja one more time, like... Maharaja! Yeah, it's 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 got old very... Well, even not quickly. It's been a while now. His reign's been longer than... Uh, than it, 100% time longer than what it should be <laughs> he should never have been champion no no does not deserve to be anywhere near that title and I don't want to be too harsh on him like he's doing his best but he's he has not gotten got... better he's just but... not cut out for it no he's, he's overwhelmed yeah um, one note I did have on this one I think, would this not have been better had Jinder been the one to demand that the Singh brothers kissed his feet yeah, and that, that was the first thing I thought that they, they offered. Yeah, I would have much ra- much rather he if he just come out and been really angry and said, right, you've let me down, kiss my feet, and then then because they're cowardly, why rubbish heels. I'm not gonna lie to my listeners, I skipped this part. I'm sorry, That's listeners. Dedication to the cause. I'm sorry, I... listeners, but I cannot listen to him whisper <laughs> at the crowd. <laughs> I didn't understand why he was in his gear. No, I thought that was a bit strange. I thought, are they having the main event now? Yeah, I thought he was going to be the opening match. Yeah. But, um, Not to be. Uh, yeah, because he's, he's almost always in a suit, yeah. apart from if he's wrestling. It was so, a bit strange. Yeah. Um, so, Shinsuke Nakamura, mate, well, interrupts. Um, literally <laughs> walks into the ring and they start fighting. Uh, he gets triple team, though, um, before Randy Orton, who is Shinsuke's tag team partner for the main event against Rusev and Jinder. Good old tag match on SmackDown. uh, Takes us back to the good old days. Um, But they, yep, they team up. Orton makes the save for Shinsuke only for him to be attacked and have his head kicked off by by Rusev. (laughs) Pretty brutal. Um, Obviously that all led up to the the main event in the night which we'll come on to a bit later. Um, Should be said that this SmackDown was probably a little bit disappointing. So we're probably going to skim over a lot of what happened because there wasn't too much of any real substance. Um, we saw the debut, the re-debut of Shelton Benjamin in a team with Chad Gable. Um, against, against the absolute jobbers in Ascension. <laughs> against the Ascension, who were a dominant tag team in NXT, it must be said, uh, who just cannot catch a break. At least they're on TV, and at least they're not you know, being made fun of in the fashion files right now. They're actually in the ring doing what they're paid to do. Hey, the Fashion Files is great. The Fashion Files is one of the best things on SmackDown. Can I just say how good it is to see Shelton Benjamin back? Because I, I always bloody loved, loved Shelton, Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin as a kid, didn't you? Yeah, back back in the mid two thousands, he was he was so good. Um, it was a shame they never quite found a good character for him, and 
He's never been the best kind of character in himself anyway. I miss his mum. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what about the big mama gimmick? <laughs> that was money. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Shot Benjamin, one hell of an athlete. Still hell of an athlete. He looks the exact same what? today as uh, he, he did looks, in 2004 as well. Young. He looks a little bit heavier set. Like he looks a bit Yeah, Tom Phillips made a point of that. He said he looks like he's put on about 20, 20 pounds of muscle, muscle which yeah. I'd say is a bit much. That's a lot of muscle. But... Um, yeah, he's he's probably slightly larger now than he used to be. Yeah, he certainly looks as good, if not maybe a little bit better than when he left. How long has it been? It's been seven, seven 2010, years. 2010, I think, was the last time seven, he was in there. Seven whole years, and now he's 42. No, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's older than Brock Lesnar, because they mentioned in the match that he trained Brock Lesnar. He looks good for his age. Yeah, he looks great. Black down crack. Um, anyway, um, so, yeah, it was a winning return for... Sean Benjamin, with his new tag team partner Chad Gable, who uh, didn't look. He played the role of the facing peril quite well, I thought. Um, till Benjamin came in, made the save, and we all knew the essential were gonna job out of this match. Let's face it. <laughs> that was never good. They were never gonna win. Um, so yeah, interesting to see whether Shelton can uh, can do what he used to do, and whether WWE will use him in the way they used to for like big moments at WrestleMania and things like that. Part of me thinks like this might be a little bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed. I was very intrigued to see what what they would have done with him when they first announced he was coming back last year. So I'm annoyed in the sense that he's he's been put in a tag team like this, but it makes perfect sense with what's happened with JJ. Yep, good point. Um, so SmackDown Live saw the return of the United States Championship. Uh, open challenge from AJ Styles something that's always gone down really well as an open challenge for the US title I don't really know why it's come about and been a bit of a tradition but it's a good tradition I quite quite enjoy these um, so all night and even last week Baron Corbin said he'd made an agreement that he would be the one to challenge for the title and so we kind of expected that um, but Ty Dillinger was the one who answered the, the challenge uh, was attacked by Baron Corbin on the way down to the ring, um, which was, you know, I kind of expected that as soon as uh, his music hit. Um, but he eventually made it into the ring ahead of Baron Corbin. Match started and it ended about <laughs> a minute after. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last very long. It didn't last very long, no. Um, AJ making Ty tap out with the calf crusher, which I thought didn't do much for Ty, really. I can understand why it was a short match. The story here, I think, is between AJ and Baron Corbin at the moment. Um, so Ty Dinger was a bit of a, a side show to that. Um, and you don't think it's too too bad on Ty that this sort of positions him? No, I think at the moment he can be used in this kind of position. He's just come up from NXT. He hasn't been in anything particularly major before. So him getting the exposure to first be in the match is good. Um, and yeah he's realistically never going to beat AJ Styles so him losing so cleanly I don't have a problem with no I don't have I mean I don't have too much of a problem with it I just thought it was a little bit of a waste of two really talented guys in a match that I was quite looking forward to seeing one day yeah um, I, I would imagine if it was a three hour show they would have done a whole match out of it maybe yeah Matt what did you make of uh, the open challenge you looking forward to more open challenges in the future how long have we got till the next SmackDown pay-per-view? I have no idea. What actually yeah, is the I next d- SmackDown pay-per-view? I don't know, but is I'd imagine it's going to be in... 
I don't know if they get that in the same year as getting Elimination Chamber, because Hell in a Cell was a war one last year. So I'd imagine it's going to be in six weeks' time, two weeks after No Mercy. But so can... God knows what it's actually when called. When is um, Bad Blood? They were bringing that back this year. So apparently Bad Blood was meant to be July and it got replaced by Great Balls oh, of Fire. Okay. Um, so apparently there were bad connotations with Bad Blood. In... <laughs> and not Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> in that... Um... Bad Blood in 97, I think, was the same day in which Brian Pillman was found dead. I, I don't know... I think it was, yeah. Uh, it was. I don't it know why Pains, Why they suddenly um, had such a problem with it, because they had Bad Blood pay-per-view since, but obviously they're a lot more kind of PC now. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that was why that got changed to Great Balls. So, I don't know what the next one's going to be called. I've got to look it, it up It comes for to you. something when the more politically correct term for... Uh, pay-per-view is great balls and bad blood <laughs> yeah it's um i don't know i don't know i don't understand the thinking behind that we don't know basically is the answer why why uh, bad blood was gone but um hell in the cell so it's hell in the cell next for smackdown when is that that is on october the 8th october the 8th okay uh so that will lead up into something probably before survivor series from there or yeah tlc is on the 22nd no, tlc is october this year rather than december is which is a raw one right? yeah so what's in december clash of champions okay hmm. interesting um so yeah we'll see what um what happens in the in the build-up to i guess head in the cell um you, you'd think that smackdown really have to step up their rivalries if they're gonna have that's what I was thinking about the open challenge. They don't want to. There's not going to be that many of them mm. if we're then leading up to to the pay per view, uh, which is in almost well a month and a bit, month and a week. Uh, so we're talking five to six weeks. So yeah, that's not not too long. Are you here for that one? I I get back from Canada on the sixth. So you'll see that. I will. Yeah, at some point. Um, so yeah, I mean. We'll see. I think Hell in a Cell, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view because I think Hell in a Cell matches should be special, special occasions. It shouldn't just be... You should get free oh, on the show like we had last year. Yeah, and it shouldn't just be, oh, we're in a feud uh, around around that time of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Let's stick with Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it, it, should really be, it should mean something. It's well, like, come to... I can't it's come to the... look at SmackDown and go... You're going to get even two Hell in a Cell matches out of any rivalry. I'm thinking Shane versus Kevin Owens. Uh, yeah, that could definitely be one. Couldn't put. I couldn't tell you who would be. Who'd be? I mean, maybe obviously something with gender, but or will Nakamura they go down? Or... Go down the women's route again? Yeah, they could do, but then Natty and, and who? Naomi Charlotte. Charlotte, but yeah, so that feud would have to step up. Like all of it would have to step up another few levels. Before yeah, there's there's no reason for these to be inside Helen herself. Yeah, exactly. Head in a Cell should be the final stage of a rivalry. It shouldn't be just because well, you should have got to that the point time of year. It's, you're going to send someone to hell. Yeah. I think um, if you look at Raw, for instance, it would be a much better candidate for Hell in a Cell pay per view. Look at what they've fair, got on there with Broad and Brock and Cena and Reigns and even Bray and Finn. Uh, seeing as it is the next pay per view for SmackDown, and obviously we'll, we'll get onto it a bit later, but potentially New Day Usos. In Hell in a Cell, because yeah, they've, they've done three team. or four. Tag team Hell in a Cell, I'd be quite interested to yeah, see. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, they've done three or four matches. All of them have just been standard tag team matches, no um, stipulations. And 
We know from this week there'll be one added for the rematch. I know so this it, is slightly off, but I heard a really bad rumour the other day that it was going to be Bray Wyatt versus Finn in a House of Horrors match. <laughs> that is the worst rumour you could have possibly heard. <laughs> the House of Horrors match was perhaps the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen on WWE yeah, TV, but I could and see not him, in a good way. I could see him pulling it out again. Really? To be fair, Pelvis Wesley has come out on Raw this week. Exactly. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Let's, yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. As much as I like both those guys, I just don't want to see that. Um, what we did see then. So, we haven't mentioned it properly. Smackdown Live. Matt, what has it become? It has now become... Wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Patience. Glorious. It has very much so, because Bobby Roode, former NXT champion who lost the title at TakeOver in Brooklyn, has arrived on the main roster. Um, he, what a glorious day it is. So he made his debut last week against Aiden English and won. Um, and this week he was up against Mike Kinellis, who we haven't seen for a little while. Aiden, you had an interesting fact about Mike that we had, I didn't know about. Uh, we might want to just touch on. Yeah, um, both he and Maria... Um, take it to social media this week to describe um, and just to let uh, fans know about Mike Kanellis's, um addiction to prescription drugs which he's recently been in rehab for I think July 15th was the start of his rehab as she posted on Instagram and he's now as of today 47 days sober um, so, yeah, I mean... so yeah he had this addiction going into WWE and I would imagine they'd signed him um, with the, yeah, with the intention of we're sending you to rehab, getting you clean. Um, but it's, it's weird because he's been on TV, been on and off TV, but he was he was definitely on TV while he's said to be suffering with that with yeah. that addiction. So it's a bit strange that WWE signed him in the first instance and then put him on TV, knowing that he was uh, he had these issues. Um, it's something that WWE have tried to distance themselves from in recent years. Um, so it seems. A bit odd. That, um, it's good that they're getting something like this sorted now, yeah. rather than it leaving it for, for 10, 15 years after he's retired or whatever, um, and then having more problems down the line. Yeah, exactly. It's only, it's only a good thing for, for Good Mike for them to be proactive rather than reactive. Yes, I think uh, it's uh, definitely for the best uh, for him. Um, so yeah, all the best to Mike Ness in that, in that journey. Um, in his journey in the ring this week, he didn't fare too well. <laughs> uh, Bobby Roode going over uh, in a, what I what I term as a distinctly TNA looking match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think of eighteen months ago or however long Bobby Roode's been around in WWE or NXT. Um, yeah, this was a, this had a very distinct TNA look to it. Um, so yeah, the glorious one wins with the glorious DDT or the glorious bomb, I think it's called, um, and. Yeah, gets a win. Now, Bobby Roode as a face, does it work for you? It's odd. It is a bit strange, isn't it? It's because the people are so over with the music. Yeah. I, I think they brought him up knowing that he's going to get a loud and good reaction from the crowd. Um, so they'll explain him being a face by that way. And I would imagine he's probably going to turn in the next, in like coming weeks, but it's hard to picture a feud, maybe something with Sami Zayn. Yeah, I mean, I, what I was thinking was there it seems to be a lack of top-level faces on SmackDown at the moment. I mean, you've got AJ Styles, who's obviously the top face on SmackDown, and you've got Shinsuke Nakamura, 
after that, I think maybe looking at Randy Orton. Yeah, they've taken away Cena. Cena's gone. Um, you can elevate Sami Zayn, maybe put, get a bit more time for Dillinger. More on, on Sami Zayn in a bit, but uh, I'm not seeing any signs of an elevation for him no. at any point. Um, and obviously Shane, Shane himself kind of Shane and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> um, they get bigger reactions than most of the wrestlers. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so yeah, I think maybe Bobby Roode's been brought in to maybe fill one of those roles. Um, I could we, definitely see him doing a program with Kevin Owens. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Roode with anyone would be a decent program. I mean, I've never been that invested in him as a wrestler. I mean, he's certainly a good, very good wrestler, and he seems to have a character down. So that's only a, that can only be a good thing, uh, which is more than we can say for maybe a lot of the. I think <laughs> the he reminds me a little bit of Rick Roode back in the day. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people may maybe have drawn that comparison. It might just be because of the surname, but um, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair assumption. Ted DiBiase is another one, and we mentioned him earlier, uh, who Rick Rude's character, Rick Rude, sorry, Bobby Rude's character, uh, is sort of similar to that arrogant, I'm better than you, I'm richer than you kind of hill way. So I'd hope to maybe see that come out a bit more in the next few months from him. And to be fair, I can't wait for a pay-per-view just to see his entrance. <laughs> that is certainly the, the main attraction with Bobby Rude at the moment. Um, so yeah, Bobby Roode picks up the win. Um, someone who didn't pick up a win, Sami Zayn. So we touched on it. Um, this is the second time actually that Sami Zayn has lost to Aiden English on TV. Yep. Um, which is just ludicrous. Agree? Yeah. I mean, obviously the interference was there. So what 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 happened? Aiden English was doing his his shtick before the match. Kevin Owens comes out. Tells Aiden English that he needs to get out of the ring because Kevin Owens has got something to say. He's very respectful. Yeah, essentially calls out Shane. Well, he um, was respectful, but then he did say, I'm not going to ask you twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I quite like this side of Kevin Owens, the pissed off side of him, I think. Um, that That's his best uh, heel work, is when he's just got a gripe and he will not let it go, which I think is what he's doing with this one. So, so Shane comes out to kind of explain what happened last week when Baron Corbin quit as a referee Shane took over and, and AJ pinned Kevin Owens um, I thought Kevin Owens made some really good points <laughs> it's as he always does when he's when he's got a, something to like an axe to grind uh, some, we always say that maybe the Hills shouldn't have like factual arguments like that legitimate arguments that because then what you're booing them for but uh, in this case you know there is a case to be made <laughs> he's got a real real beef with uh, with Shane O'Mac and um, so KO was the main story here. The match was really just a, a byproduct of this. Uh, Sami Zayn was introduced as Aiden English's opponent, and then Kevin Owens interjects himself as referee into the match. Did anybody else think that shirt ain't gonna fit him? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. he was it on. I was actually really surprised it did. <laughs> well, I noticed during the match. Like it's easy to say it now that it's happened, but I noticed during the match I thought that referee's shirt is really baggy <laughs> because they they generally wear quite tight tops these days, and now it makes sense. Obviously, he needed a bigger one so it could fit around a considerable frame. With Kevin was Owens. it just me that thought the referee gave up his shirt really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. he was like, yeah, yeah fine, <laughs> easy night for me. For me yeah. <laughs> Don't have to ask me twice. Yeah, he gave that one up a bit. A bit easy, but then just stood at ringside waiting for his shirt back. <laughs> I guess it would have looked a bit bad on him if he just walked to the back. Yeah. Like, forget this. So um, Kevin Owens starts as referee and starts enforcing the rules, how they should be enforced, by counting Sami Zayn down from the top rope and things like that. But then all of a sudden just gets involved. Pop up powerbombs. <laughs> it in. was literally... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm and then, and then English comes in fast count as well just to make sure 
and Sami Zayn beaten again by Aiden English. There's a little tiny, tiny, tiny gripe with that. Why did he have to count him? He's just done his finisher yeah. on Sami Zayn. Why count fast? You I can think literally count it out. Emphasis. Yeah, to just to show how much kind of piss taken the referees have been taken with him lately, yeah. according to him. So I guess it makes sense that he just takes liberties. Yeah, um, I think that that was that was probably it with with that one. Um, moving on from that, then, well, I say we're heading towards Hell in the Cell. I'm thinking Shane versus Kevin Owens is a pretty high candidate for a Hell in the Cell match. I mean, I don't necessarily want to see it, but <laughs> I mean, I think that's I where wouldn't be against it. Be against it. Shane's obviously shown he can he can jump off. Show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kevin Owens and him do seem to have really good chemistry not necessarily in the ring but on the mic anyway and I think that sort of stipulation for Kevin Owens is great because if you ever watches whenever there's like chairs involved tables involved he builds structures yeah. on the outside <laughs> usually he goes stacks through them stacks of chairs yeah. stacks of tables but they just visually look amazing when He's someone very goes creative. through it. His, so, ma- his, his head on the cell match with Seth Rollins he had a the last man standing match against Dean Ambrose. Those kind of matches he seems to excel in. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, um, hopefully it'll be a, a decent, decent match if that's where they're headed. Um, and have a non-decent match. Now, Matt, this was something you raised a few weeks ago about why WWE don't have female jobbers. Well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. This is when they do have one. Uh, so Tamina against unnamed female jobber. Oh no 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 no! I've got a name. Hold on one second. I thought her name was Tina Stock. Oh, there you go. Stock. As stock. in, literally like <laughs> a stock, stock wrestler. <laughs> she was no Jean-Pierre Goulet. That's <laughs> no, Jean-Pierre Goulet. Uh, so Tamina rolls, uh, rolls over her in, you know, a minute and a half, 90 seconds, with Lana calling the shots from ringside with a microphone. Um, my notes say that Lana is of much more benefit to Tamina than Tamina is to Lana. Yeah, that seems to be the main story out of this. Have, do you think WWE pulled the blog on Lana's um, in-ring work? Again, I've heard rumours that her and Rusev are not happy with the way they're being portrayed on. Now, that's something you mentioned, actually. I did hear this rumour that Rusev actually requested his and Lana's release. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it was after or just before SummerSlam. Yeah, and there was also... It would also... make sense if it was before... There was also a tweet from Rusev saying, I want to thank at WWE front office, TR, and everyone involved, thank you in big capital letters. Um, and every, obviously that sparked a lot of responses, everyone saying, what does this mean? Please don't go or whatever. Um, but it seems it's very cryptic. He's also just put a tweet 18 hours ago. So Tuesday night saying, okay, I'm going home, dot, 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 goodbye America. It's a bit of a, a bit of a weird one. It's quite odd. Yeah, um, a bit strange. I really, really hope. I hope he stays around. This isn't the end. Of I Rusev. love, I love Rusev. They could do so much more with him. He could be your main event heel, um, and believable as well because he I've looks like he, he could kill you. He could be SmackDown Samoa Joe. Yeah. Without a doubt, and that's the way that they should be booking him. Yeah. Not to lose in five seconds to Randy Orton. No. SummerSlam. One of the, on the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Do you know what? If someone told me that, I'd be like, I'm not going to lose five seconds. <laughs> I'll kick out. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, maybe if uh, Vince McMahon was shouting you, you might have a different <laughs> outlook, but no, no, the it's man not. who's pay, paying your checks might have a different opinion. Um, but so, yeah, I really, really hope this isn't the end of Rusev. And also Lana, I'm actually quite enjoying Lana on. I always Saturday. enjoy Lana. <laughs> yeah, moment. I bet you do. At the moment. Um, so, yeah, I really, really hope it's not the, not the end of Rusev and Lana in WWE. Um, so Tamina squashes her opponent, um, getting the Nia Jax treatment perhaps uh, for SmackDown. Oh, but nobody really cares. Like, nobody no, nobody cares, cares about it. These people actually cared a little bit about Nia Jax when she was going through her squash match phase. What, what annoys me about this is how they just kept saying how Tamina's been one of the most dominant women in the division yeah, over the last five years. When was the last time she won a match? Yeah, <laughs> and I this is the only time I can ever recall her winning a match. Yeah, it's against yeah. the and local Java. Actually, that good in the ring. No, her uh, bloodline, her heritage. She's not particularly great. And if you've ever seen her do a splash from the top rope, <laughs> yeah. obviously her dad's finisher was the splash. It's an iconic move. She kind of just falls. They're, they're shit. <laughs> they did say it was. You know, when the little bit comes up, they did say that was her finisher, and I was like. I can't remember the last time she actually performed that finish. I, I thought that was going to be her moment in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, her yeah. jumping off the ladder. Well, not even jumping, because she just falls she off just the top rope. She just fell off, but flopped off of it. All she did was just get hit by ladders in the stomach. That mm. was all, all I can recall her ever doing in her mm. career. Okay. Um, so back outside of the ring then. And a promo with Dolph Ziggler. Now, I've put this in as something we should talk about, because it's the second one now that he's done since SummerSlam. Now, we haven't seen Dolph Ziggler in the ring for a long, long time. And a lot has been said about how he's not happy in WWE with his position, how he's been portrayed. So his promos, I imagine, have a little bit of truth to them, which always adds intrigue and interest because they seem more real. Um, what did you guys make of what Dolph Ziggler has been saying? We spent the last two weeks talking about all these new gimmicks he can do, how he can come to the ring on a bike or a quad bike, or how he can play music, how he can dance, how he can glow, whatever. But it seems like the new gimmick he's adopted is just to bitch and moan. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I can't, because he says he was he was going to debut it this week, but he's not going to do it for the people of Little Rock, so he's going to do it next week. Is but, this another case of the, uh, the makeover of Emmalina? Maybe. <laughs> another one of those, yeah. Well, we hear this for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, nothing then we get nothing. Yeah. Or the uh, Eva Marie treatment of coming down and making excuses, or yeah. as oh, to why why he I can't wrestle. Oh. I'm, I'm or just, Eva Marie. It's it's a shame because Dolph Ziggler obviously is talented. Um, because I can actually when I listen to him talking, I can hear him speak with passion for the first time yeah. in a long, long time. He's it's, passionate about what he's saying, and I agree that a lot of it is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, when you when I'm you gonna, say it like that, it is. Um... I'm gonna put it out there. I've had enough of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> you done with Ziggler? I'm done with Ziggler. <laughs> done hashtag, with hashtag done with Ziggler or done with Dolph. Done with Dolph. Oh yeah, I am. I'm bored of him. Like for the last year, it's just. When he went for his resurgence and going for the tie, icy title with Miz and putting his career then, on the line where I genuinely thought he was going to lose. And then turning heel and, and fighting for the, the title. But turning heel against people like Kalisto, who <laughs> no one gives a shit about. Apollo Crews. Um, you're going to turn him. You needed to turn him against someone like Dean Ambrose at the time. Um, but it was, just, it was just wasted, and then no one really cares. And I guess some people would forget that he's a heel because he still gets 
very like neutral he gets nothing, a nothing reaction. reaction doesn't he which I think maybe it's why his promos are like this he's trying to maybe get more of a kind of heel of Gone a more of a heel reaction than he has been. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly interested to see what happens with Dolph more so than I have been for a long time with him. So you know, that can only be a good thing. Um, another good thing: the Fashion Files were back. So they've had a two week, much like us, they've had a break. Um, and they, what I liked is that they suddenly just mentioned, "Now oh, we're back from our vacation." And there you go. Like that's there's so <laughs> yeah. many plot holes in WWE, and there's so many easy ways they can make up for it. And there's one example of where they just did that. The funniest bit was in the titles where it was starring Fandango, starring Breeze, <laughs> not starring Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a very '80s theme sort of intro. Um, so what what happened in this one then? So um, they've been away on vacation. Nothing really happened in this. They found some. They had some equipment. I like the little inside joke about the belt not being a title. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was quite good. Uh, but they found a black light, and then that pointed them towards some some arrows, which pointed to a board, which then came to the the two B, said or not two B, um, sign on the sort of pinboard. Did you notice all the uh, the pictures of the wrestlers they had on the the pinboard? Um, it said 2B right in the middle um, but all the pictures of wrestlers around him and people like Paul Brie Buchanan Bella. Brie Bella yeah. Bruiser Brody all double Bs yeah, yeah. interesting point. I did like the bit where they said 2B I'm not to be you know who that is don't you and then <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah um, so we're still no closer to technically finding out who this is I don't part well, of me thinks WWE just stretching it out because they like the, the response they're getting from the fashion yeah, files yeah the, what they seemed to settle on when they both agreed that they reckon it was Aiden English, English but that doesn't make any sense they went from 2B or not 2B so they went from Shakespeare Shakespeare to English to English Aiden English yeah. so let's so hope it's not Aiden there'll, English there'll probably no. be some kind of Aiden English will be an inquisition of show, yeah. Aiden English a little bit like um if you've ever seen the Edge and Christian show on the network where they yeah. used to interrogate people over crimes, some of them were really good. So, <laughs> um, like when they Stardust asked, when they asked Stardust, uh, Stardust what they've done with Cody Rhodes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Brits the Barber Keep Beefcake, what they've done with Paul Heyman's ponytail. Well, that, <laughs> that was quite good. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll see something like that. I think these two certainly have real good comedy. I though. would love to see Edge and Christian turn up on the fashion oh, files, that would be amazing. That would be really good. Book it now. Book it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Fashion Files back next week. I'm assuming. Am um, I the only one that's going to buy that t-shirt? <laughs> I quite like. I really yeah, like yeah, that t-shirt. Like... <laughs> I think we should all buy the t-shirt. <laughs> that t-shirt see... was really good actually with the sunglasses. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Special <laughs> shout out to the, the triple sunglasses. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was one of the funnier ones this week. There's, sometimes they've been a little bit lackluster, but these ones. Crime doesn't take a vacation. <laughs> Crime does not take a vacay. Uh, are we still thinking it's Luke Harper and Eric Rowan though? Because I mean, I'm, I'm undecided. I literally. I really hope it isn't. My only note that I actually wrote down from this was legitimately have no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a good thing, right? It could be anyone, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, you, yeah, you're not supposed to be able to predict everything. It's good to have a bit of unpredictability. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying the authors of pain or, you know, Harper and Rowan. Again, I say it every week, I really hope it's not the Colognes. <laughs> I think literally everyone other than the Colognes hopes it's not the Colognes. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, what could they come back as as a B? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't really know what's uh, what the two B part is is about. Um, unless it's the debut of a new superstar, but we don't generally see that too often. Unless it's the no. debut of Officer Payton. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But um, the two B part. But I find kind of throws me off. I would find that very strange for them to get involved in a comedy angle as yes. their first thing. Yeah, you would, you would expect them to come up and just kill people. Yeah, unless obviously them making an appearance, beating up. Brizango is, is a way of them showing how serious they are, not entering so, into any comedy with them. But them doing that, but the, their initial thing being that they trash their yeah, office and stuff, it's just... It doesn't just fit with their characters, no. does it? Okay. Um, also, 2B is irrelevant. relevant. Yeah. So, to the main event, um, so, as we mentioned, tag team match, Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton. We've actually missed out a tag team match. Yeah. The New Day versus the Usos. Oh, yeah, sorry, no. That's you're before right. The fashion files. Before the Fashion Files. New Day versus the Usos for probably the fifth or sixth time in the last five or six weeks. Um, and I don't much... know how you forgot it. We've yeah. seen it every week. <laughs> Maybe that's why I just all merged into one. But these two have really great chemistry as teams, and they they put on really really great matches. SummerSlam, the kickoff show match was was awesome. Um, so this one was a bit quick, a bit disappointing. Um, on a side note, I'm really obsessed at the moment with the Uso with the Usos. Theme music. Yeah, me too. I love it. I think it's great. It gets like, uh, it gets me so hyped. Yeah. If I'm in the gym, if I'm in the car, uh, since day one. Ish. Day one is H. Um, <laughs> I still love that. Um, yeah. So these two teams um, on a fairly, you know, fairly quick match, fairly good match. One thing we should know: Xavier Woods hobbled to the ring a little bit with a eye. Uh, it's sore. It's sore. So he sustained a knee injury, right? On a house show? Yes, on Monday night. Um, it was it was <clears throat> one of those inconspicuous ones. He um, jumped off jumped off the top over the top of one of the Usos. as a clip online. Um, he just lands. doesn't land particularly awkwardly by the looks of things, but he just hobbles off and rolls to the outside and they quickly find, find a finish to the match. Um, so yeah, so in his place, Biggie and Kofi took to the match. The winner of this match was said to be able to choose the stipulation for the tag team title rematch that will be happening at some point. And uh, the Usos pick up the win. Um, I'm surprised so. they didn't say it there and then. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I they, thought they, they were, were going to announce it. But maybe they've got a thing about it. Maybe the WWE are actually thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking maybe the head of the cell was maybe a good shout. But would, yeah, would them, Day, them holding off. New Day in the Hell in a Cell doesn't really fit. No, um, but I suppose if if the rematch is going to be on a pay per view, they're not going to do another gimmick match on a Hell in a Cell pay per view. No. So if, if it's on SmackDown Live, they Unless, might do something different like a ladder match. Because I'd love to see a ladder something match. Something like a ladder match, yeah, but they wouldn't put a ladder match on Hell in a Cell, would they? No. A ladder match Usually in Hell in a Cell. See with. Um, <laughs> Smackdown's when Raw are having a pay-per-view or Raw's when Smackdown are having a pay-per-view is that they do a big show like a big like main event field yeah. show it's just to sort of compensate for the fact that they didn't you know have a pay-per-view at that time so maybe we'll see a, like a main event stipulation tag team title match between the two um, and you know God knows them two teams can put on really great matches. So yeah, yeah. as long as it's not a Brooklyn Street fight, yeah. <laughs> because the Enzo and Big Cass Brooklyn Street fight only involved a steel chair. Yeah, <laughs> and only lasted about what four minutes, if that. Um, right. So main event, 
finally get there. Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton versus WWE yeah, We don't have to spend too much time on it. Jinder Mahal and Rusev, who we've also spoken about already. Uh, I must admit, I've not bothered to watch this match. <laughs> I'm just not interested. Um, and I, I ran out of time. But, you know, just not really into it. So, fill me in. What did I miss? Anything good? No. <laughs> no, uh, Nakamura and Randy won. <laughs> it's weird to think that just uh, about 10, 11 months ago, uh, Rusev and Jinder were teaming up. And then feuding. Um, and they were, and Rusev was like the kind of leader of that team. He was the biggest star. And now Jinder has the most prestigious title in all of wrestling. Yeah. And Rusev might be leaving, which is it's just a bit odd. Um, odd pairing as well of Nakamura and Orton. I don't think anyone ever thought we'd really see them as a team. No. Um, so not mu- nothing much of a main event really typical like interruptions from the Singh brothers but not successful this week not successful they got wiped out by Randy and uh, uh, Nakamura um, the match finished with uh, Kinshasa to Rusev right um, so Nakamura so picked up the victory so keeping the WWE champion away from the pin then that's good at least yep um, and then they were celebrating in the ring for a minute or two. Both had a stare off in the middle of the ring because uh, they had announced earlier that night that it's Orton versus Nakamura next week for number one contendership. Um, hold on, hold on. So you've not seen this, Ali? No. They've gone face to face. What happens next? For me. What happens? Randy and Shinsuke face up. What happens next? Okay, I want Shinsuke. <laughs> Out of nowhere, it's yeah. like it's like you watched it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just so over. It's gonna it's always gonna happen, is it, with Randy? Orton, and JBL it's not always yeah. JBL always says it takes it just, it just takes, takes one. one. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a good RKO. Um, Nakamura really sold it well. He was almost like flopping around like a fish. Um. <laughs> and it was interesting. Um. But yeah, just the, the main event match itself was just a bit... Bit of a letdown. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, you know, overall, I'm pretty glad I didn't take the time to, to watch it. Um, just not massively interested in anything with Jinder or it pays me to say, anything with Rusev, and even Shinsuke Nakamura at the moment. Just not not interested. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is at least fairly interesting that we're going to see a new match with Orton and Shinsuke next week. Um, whether they um, you know, have any sort of shenanigans from elsewhere remains to be seen. Prediction, I'm assuming Shinke, Shinsuke goes over. You'd hope so. I, don't, I can't. I really don't want to see Randy Orton in the title picture. No. Not against Jinder again. Not again. Uh, it just it doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, so Smackdown Live then, obviously Raw, we sort of gave a, a mid to, to positive outlook. Smackdown, I'm thinking, might be a little bit worse. Thumbs down for me. Yeah, I thumbs middle leaning towards the down. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice, you're always sitting on that bloody fence, aren't you? Probably Aiden? about a four out of ten <laughs> this week. I'm no- giving it a two out of ten. That's just for the fashion files. Nothing out, of, nothing of any substance I'd, really happened. I'd probably go with four as well. Yeah, I think that's you know a, a generous four. <laughs> highlight of the night being Kevin Owens. Um, Anything with Kevin Owens is a highlight of SmackDown at the moment. Yeah, he was the star of the week. Oh, I felt fashion files. <laughs> but hey, you, you guys don't like to go, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, do you feel marginalised, man? No, not at all. No, your brothers, you, 
You discuss before you get. Here. We're the good brothers. <laughs> what are you? I'm a bad brother. <laughs> I was thinking more of a. I'm not a nerd. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a nerd. Okay, fair enough. Nerd. The monster among nerds. <laughs> well, that means we're the nerds. Right. Yeah, um... you are the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, okay, so that. That pretty much wraps up SmackDown Live and the podcast for this week. So um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for sticking with it. Uh, I know we had a week off <laughs> and we had a lot to get through this week. Um, so yeah, hit us up on the social. Let us know what you liked about the show, anything you didn't like, what you want us to talk about next week. Remember, next week we'll be discussing uh, the New Generation Survivor Series team. Um, to go up against our golden era one we've chosen already this week uh, don't forget to follow us on twitter at, at the underscore pwp and on instagram at the people's wrestling podcast um, have a really great week and um, yeah we'll see you next week